Hello. We are really excited to continue the episode with part two of Women in the Workplace. And we're going to be talking to Morgan, who she is a digital sales manager for Hearst, um, which from what I understand is kind of the broader company for a lot of like news and broadcasting things. Um, and I was really excited to get to talk to her because I really don't know that much about news or broadcast. And I think when people think of news and broadcast, um, you think of the people that are in front of the screen mm -hmm. and Morgan has a lot of like background experience. And so super excited to talk to her about that. All right. Well, with that, we're going to get into the interview. We'll see you soon for the Off Buzz. Um, today we're talking to Morgan Thomason, who is a digital sales manager um, at, with Hearst, right? And we're going to talk to her today about her experiences. So Morgan, if you could just introduce yourself and kind of how you got to the position that you're in right now. All right. So my name is Morgan Thomason, and I am the digital sales manager at 4029, which is the local ABC affiliate, but we are owned by Hearst Television. Um, and I really, I always kind of had a passion for like news and current events and um, which is really interesting for, I feel like someone my age, a lot of the times, you know, someone my age isn't as interested in news and learning about what's going on. But I was totally one of those when I was in college, I would have CNN on or Fox, just whatever it was, I would always have it on my radio. And so I knew that that's kind of the the area I wanted to be in was news. Plus, my background was advertising and PR. Um, that's what I majored in. And so I start whenever I got out of college, started looking for places to work. Looked at the news sites and realized that they had sales positions available. And I am a money motivated person, so I thought, you know what, sales and news together, there's really not a better fit for me. Um, I started in Little Rock at the Next Star Affiliate. I worked for Fox and CW down there for about two years, got engaged, moved back up here with my husband, um, plus Northwest West Arkansas is just wonderful, so I really missed it whenever I moved back down to Central Arkansas. Um, and when I moved back up here, I had worked with a lot of women in Little Rock that had been in the business for years, and I'm 10 plus years they had been selling TV. Um, and they said, they were like, oh, you're going to Northwest Arkansas. If there's a Hearst station up there, that's one of the best ownership groups to work with. Um, started looking up here. There was a Hearst station. I was very excited about it. Interviewed, got the job, um, worked. I started up here in 2013. And then I felt like I had, I had learned my business. I worked 100% commission, as our, all of our salespeople do. Um, I feel like I had gotten to a point to where I just wanted something more, wanted to move on to the next step. Um, the DSM position was available. During COVID, actually, I had just won the Eagle Award the previous year, which every year one of our salespeople gets the Eagle Award. And it's not only is it based on sales, it's based on leadership and how involved you are with the team. And it's, it's a really prestigious award. It's a really great thing. You get to meet with corporate one-on-one -on -one, um, at our, our, we did a, a Zoom call 
um, with our corporate team out in New York. So it was a really big deal. So I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to move into management, this is my time. Um, it was right after I had won that award. And so that's whenever I made the transition to management. And um, I've been here for about, it'll be about three years in August in the management position. So um, it's a lot of fun. It's something new every day. That I, well, so I am from central Arkansas. So I can, I'm from Searcy. Um, okay. So I can understand wanting to come back to Northwest Arkansas. Not that Central Arkansas is not great, um, but it it is for different reasons. But that's really cool. I feel like I kind of want to talk a little bit about um, the support network. It seemed like you started or that you had in Little Rock that inspired you to pursue this company in Northwest Arkansas. Um, So can you talk a little bit about like what it's like to have a support network, why it's important to, um, as a woman, to have other women kind of surrounding you as a community. Um, And if you could tell us a little bit about how you found them and how you continue to kind of build that community. Absolutely. So it's, it's really funny because like whenever you, you start out in the workforce, I mean, you're right out of college. You don't really know what to expect. You go into this place and actually I really think the reason I got that position was because I had a sorority sister who was older than me that worked there. I did not know at the time when I applied, um, which is also why it's very important. Don't burn bridges. (laughs) Always be nice. Like, always be kind. Um, Because you never know who may come back into your life. So she kind of gave me a good recommendation. Well, I started, and like six months later, she left. And so I just had a lot of people that were there and had been there for, um, for years. They really, they were, I called them like my work moms. Mm -hmm. I mean, I got married in California when I lived here and two of them came out to my wedding. Like I still talk to them to this day. Um, they just really were there for support. And it's funny because you know, when you're in college, when you're in school, you're normally around people your age. You don't, it's just who you're around. And when I started working, it was a lot of these women had kids that were older, that were in high school, or maybe they were just starting college. So that it was very comforting to have them there and to support me and to be a strong woman and say, you know, if you want to be a mom, this is a great career to take. Um, being in sales, you know, it was nice because I could call on people when I needed to. And if I needed to run my child to the doctor, I could do that as well. Um, as long as I was hitting my numbers and meeting all the criteria that I needed to with my job. Um, and then, like I said, whenever I told them that, you know, I was about to move back to Northwest Arkansas and there's actually the company that owns Plots and CW, that same company is up here. Mm-hmm. But they were just so wonderful in saying, like, you have the opportunity to go work for this better company. Do it. Like, if that if they would have had, if her sort of had a station in Little Rock, they would have wanted to work for her. They were like, it's the best broadcast group there is. Um, which meant a whole lot coming from somebody that did not work for that broadcast group. Um, and so, and then whenever I started up here... Yeah, they can. I still reach out to them this day, and that was 
I started up here in 2013. So it's been over 10 years that I've worked with them. And I still will reach out and ask questions about, I mean, a lot of times it's work questions, but then also they had kids that came to U of A so they could reach out to me and they felt good because if their, if their kid needed anything, I was here a little closer than what are off. That's really cool. I feel like that's something networking is something that we've talked about in our and our other shorter interviews of just kind of the importance of of if you don't feel like you have a community where you currently are kind of being proactive about trying to find one or yeah. alternatively make starting the community yourself. Um, Absolutely. So and I feel like I feel like that's really important just to kind of talk about, especially with like our listeners who are, you know, college age and about to enter the workforce. Um, yes. So. And I will say like, so Hearst during COVID, everyone was at home, you know, mm-hmm. everyone was at home. I mean, news doesn't shut down and we definitely didn't during COVID because that's the only way people were getting their information. Mm-hmm. Um, and one thing that developed within our company, like through that, because everybody was at home and everybody, you're feeling lonely, you know, the only way you're seeing people is like this. And so Hearst created, um, we call it ERGs, but they're employee resource groups. And so the amazing thing about Hearst is, yeah, we're 4029, that's our local group, but at any given time, we can reach out to our vast network of the other television um, stations that are across the U.S. And so what our group has done is we have employee resource groups. There's one, there's a pride group, there's a women group, there's um, a Hispanic group, there's working parents group. So there's multiple, I think we have six different ERGs that basically somebody, I mean, I, I belong to two of them, the women group and the parents group. Um, and so it's, there is, there's definitely, Hearst has done a good job with trying to make people feel included. And if you don't feel like, if you don't feel included at your one station, here's a group that's, you know, we're a lot bigger than the, I don't know how many people we have employed here, 120 people here maybe. Um, we're a lot larger company than that. So why not tap into other people that are like you, um, which is, that's huge. Um, I just feel like that is, when you work for a company that you know cares about you and they care, they don't only care what you're bringing into the company. They they want you to feel comfortable and want you to, if you have questions or if you want to talk about something that, you know, let's, if I had like a mom question or a parent question and I didn't want to go to the guys at my office, then I could go to that group and it would be safe. It would be a safe place. Um, so it's, it's, I feel very fortunate that our company offers that. That's awesome. Yeah, because I feel like I haven't heard of that a lot, or at least in my very limited experience. Um, talking a little bit about like your current job and, and what you do right now, can you tell us, so you've talked about how you've been with Hearst for, you've been in the business for, for since you've graduated. For 12 years, so probably. A, a long time, and you've been with, your, with Hearst for a couple years now. Can you tell us a little bit about like, this sounds like a silly question, but what is it that you do? Um, like, what does a day-to-day look like? What skills do you, have you utilized maybe that you learned in college, but also what skills have you kind of had to adapt to 
Um, love to know that. Okay, so um, as a whole, well, I'm the digital sales manager. So I work really close with our local sales manager who every TV commercial that you see on an, on our news station is sold, but well, not every, because we have like a national line and a regional line, but any of the local commercials, they're sold by our team. Um, we've got a team of about eight people and we just go and meet with people in our community. Um, so we meet with very different people every day, which is another reason that I love this job and I, I can't get away from it because it's something new and fun and exciting every day. But we'll meet with anyone from like service industry. So your HVAC guys, your plumbing, your electrical. Um, so that's a big category. Auto is another big category. But what I really, what I'm passionate about, what I love to do are like our idea selling that also gives back to the community. And mm -hmm. um, so for example, we have a pets on set sponsorship to where it's a hundred percent adoption rate. We put a sponsor on it. And then in our Saturday morning news, we adopt a pet. Mm -hmm. um, it's like I said, every, every pet that has been featured in the news has been adopted. Um, the sponsor covers the adoption fees and all of that. So that's, I personally love stuff like that because it's a win-win for everybody. You know, you're helping the dogs, you're helping the shelter, and then somebody's also getting to give back to the community and voice that. Um, as far as like the, uh, the skills that I would say communication is huge. Um, communication and transparency are really big. Um, one thing that we find, I mean, the ad industry can be very fraudulent mm -hmm. and especially digital ads. Um, and so you have to know what you're doing. One, it's not a, and when it comes to competition, like we, we run into people all the time that it's just a sales gig for them, you know, and it's, you've got to really, you've got to listen because you have to ask the client, like, what do they need? Where are your pain points? How can I help you? Um, and then communication, like it's not a one sell and it's done and you never talk to that person again. It's a monthly, you know, Hey, how's business? How does your Google analytics look? Are your sales up? Is your site traffic up? Um, you know, and so it's really a, it's, a hand-holding process and you know a lot of the clients that we meet with some of them have lots of money that they can spend and allocate towards marketing some it's you know it's going to make them or break them and so it's like you really you have to know what you're doing and you have to put their money to good use to where they'll see a return on it mm -hmm. otherwise they're not going to keep coming back to you and it's it's just too much work on your end because you're going to be just having to meet with people all the time in order to build those new relationships. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. I think I the more that, you know, the more people that we've been talking to, just like interviewing, talking um, about their jobs, the more I'm realizing how most jobs are so like interpersonal or like build so dependent on building relationships. Yes. Um, Absolutely. Relationships and communication, I feel like, are 
two of the, the major things mm-hmm. and then everything else will come with that. Yeah. Did you feel like you, did you feel like you developed those skills kind of at your time at university or was that something that you developed over time or, or is that, does that come to you naturally? Cause for some people it comes to you naturally. I developed it over time. I will say, I mean, when I think about the way I sold in the beginning to now completely different, mm-hmm. um, I've had I've had good mentors who, you know, I believe that when you're in management, it's not a I'll show you what to do. Mm-hmm. It's well, it's it's not an I, I'll tell you what to do. It's I'll show you what mm-hmm. to do. And so that's how I learned. I had um, a lot of really good people that would go out with me in person, mm-hmm. and then I'm I love constructive criticism and so when we would get back in the car my one lsm he'd be like all right how do you think you did like oh i was good on this but this i needed some work on and he was like yes and so that's how we would do but it really was not until i really tried in the beginning to not be myself to like script it out and like oh this works for them i'm gonna go in and then my manager at the time was like, okay, you sound like a robot. Like, mm-hmm. what happens to you when you walk into a business? Like, the Morgan I know is not there. And so it was really whenever I broke down the walls and I was just myself. Like, we go in, hey, you know, I want to talk to you about your business. Um, I think there's some ways I can help you. And it was really at that point that I feel like my game changed. Mm-hmm. And I... It's because people can, people feed off of your energy. And if you walk in and you're stiff and you're very like scripted, they automatically feel like, okay, this person's here to sell me something Mm -hmm. next. Like, I don't really want to talk to you because I mean, forget what the statistics are, but there are numerous, numerous salespeople walk into a business per day, Mm -hmm. not just for advertising. It's for the copy machines. It's for the cleaning supplies. It's, everything and so you really you have you need to be yourself and you you've got to offer something that's valuable to the client Mm -hmm. um but I will say my confidence definitely I feel like the confidence and the communication and all of that came with time I think that makes sense. I mean, even, you know, I work at a communications lab, but I still feel like I'm still always working on my communication just because, you know, when you're in different situations or in different environments and you have a different role, there's kind of a way that you need to adjust and you need to be able to read your audience like you have to do with your customers or your clients is being able to read like what are your needs and how can I help you meet those? Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Can you, this is kind of a left field question, not left field, but it's changing course a little bit, but can you talk about your experience um, as a woman in your industry or, I mean, there's how everyone answer this question or in the workforce in general, or like, I'd love to also talk to you about your management style and your leadership style, but um, could you just describe what that experience has been like? Yes. So it's funny because I, when I started in Little Rock, both of my managers were women. Um, and then when I transitioned up here, out of the, how many managers were there at the time? 
So there are five managers and two were women. Um, now I'm the only woman, which is, which is funny because it, I feel like there were a lot more women in the beginning, yeah. but at other, it's just our market right now. Um, and so I've always felt really supported. I mean, I've, you know, I know there's a lot of women that don't feel that way, but I, um, as far as, as this industry as a whole, I've always felt really supportive. Um, I will say now that I, like my, my oldest daughter goes to kindergarten next year. Oh, that makes me a little nervous. And I actually, I talked to um, my bosses yesterday about that. I was like, you know, next year I said that what I'm nervous about is the fact that like, I don't know what that looks like. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I'm going to have to take her in the morning. I don't know if I'll have to pick her up in the afternoon. And right now I have somebody that takes her to do all that. Plus my husband has a very flexible schedule. Um, and what I was told was that's okay. Like we, we, we're a flexible company, you know, Hearst understands that you have a family at home and they want you to have a work-life balance. So like, if I need to leave early, that will be okay. Um, and so really like being a woman in this industry is, um, I don't, I don't feel like it's really different or anything. Mm -hmm. I do think me and my LSM lead differently. Um, and I don't know if it's necessarily, it could, it could be because I'm a woman and he's a man. Um, I would say I'm, I probably coddle the AEs more, like, as in, because I like to go out on meetings. I like mm -hmm. to go out on calls. So it's like, we have, we have a new, well, we have two new people right now mm -hmm. and one of them, she's got it. Like she's got it. She can do it by herself. But sometimes, and I was the same exact way, like sometimes you like a manager to go along because if you do start to fumble, they can pick up. Mm -hmm. And um, my Nick, my LSM, he's like, she's got it. Just let her go. Let her go by herself. And I was out one day and she didn't have a choice. She had to go by herself and she closed the deal for, you know, good money on our CW station. Mm -hmm. So I would say I'm, I am probably more like motherly, I guess. Which is pro I mean, I would think that that's probably normal. Yeah. Um, and that's, yeah, I saw my husband last night, actually. I was like, it's funny because, like, at home, I've got two daughters, mm -hmm. but I've got my husband who, like I said, he has a more flexible schedule than I do. And then I've got Suze, which is a godsend. I mean, she helps me take care of them. And I was like, um, I said, but at work, people depend on me. I can't push my job off on anyone else. And so it's, if I'm sick or something like that, it's hard for me to say, okay, I've got to go home for the rest of the day. If I know that I have a sales rep that's like counting on me and depending mm -hmm. on me, it's very hard for me to be like, man, I'll just leave them out in the dark because mm -hmm. I don't feel well. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, I think that would probably be, I guess, the biggest difference in us is he's a little more like, they got it, let them go. And I'm more like, oh, I'll go with them. Mm -hmm. I think that makes sense though. And I'm th I think just cause from, from what you were talking about earlier with your, um, with your leadership style of like show, not tell, 
Um, Because to me, that's good. Going with someone on to a meeting is like showing them instead of telling them. Um, Oh, yeah. And so, I mean, that's, yeah, that's, do you, I was going to say, did your leadership style kind of come from, I mean, you've already mentioned this, but come for, come from how you were mentored and like how you learn best, I guess, would be your leadership style. Yes, I, yes, I would agree with you there. And I will say like, okay, so when I worked, when I worked at the Little Rock Station, had a great support group, great support group. Like I said, I still talk to those women. I didn't have a coach. You need a coach when you're like, especially in this job. Um, I would go out with them and they would show me, but as far as like showing me how to like really make good money, which is what you want to do in sales. Um, I had a really good mentor up here Mm -hmm. and he, he was the LSM at the time. He and I started the same exact day when I moved from Little Rock. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of got to know the market together. Um, but he would go with me on every sales call Mm -hmm. until I got it down. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then, which he had to do that to me too, though. Be like, no, Morgan, you got this. Like Mm -hmm. you need to go by yourself. I know you have this. You just have to build that confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, eventually you do have to, like, push your salespeople to, you know, go out on their own. I would just say I'm probably more, um, I don't know, Nick's a lot more, like, uh, hardcore, I guess. <laughs> but not in a bad way. Right, like, right, right, right. I mean, he's wonderful at his job. We're a great, like, we're we're great together mm-hmm. because he can he brings stuff to the table that I don't mm-hmm. and we both we both were previous salespeople too. So mm-hmm. he came from the Kansas City market. I'm from this market. Um so it's nice because we I can sell T V and he can sell digital. So we work we work really good as a team together. Yeah. I think that's good because that also helps with like company culture of like having that balance. And I'm sure for, for the people you're managing too, it's nice to kind of have that both of those things um to be able to rely on yes and i will say like so it's the way that our group is set up now is really nice because we do have quite a few women who are right out of college Mm. and it's like um sometimes i guess that can be intimidating i Personally, I don't feel like I was ever intimidated by men just because the way I was raised. I was I had two brothers. I was the only granddaughter. Like I was used to being the only girl in the group. Mm-hmm. Um, but I noticed that especially the younger girls and some of the older women too will come to me first mm-hmm. before they go. And and I think it's just a comfort thing. Yeah. Um. And I mean, if it's something like personal that maybe I would understand, whereas a man wouldn't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's a lot more comfortable to come to me and then me say, she's out today, you know, for personal reasons, and there's no questions asked. Mm-hmm. Um, so I will say that I, I do see, especially, like, the newer the newer women that we hire, they're more comfortable. And Andrew, like, my, my boss, he's like, no, I'm very happy that they feel comfortable to you and mm-hmm. that you're on the team and they can come to you. To, you know discuss any anything they want to discuss even mm-hmm. if it's like 
they have got a wedding shower this weekend and that or a baby shower. That's what it is because they don't their friends normally don't have babies right now. But mm-hmm. one of my one of my um girls on my team, she's like, Yeah, my friend's having a baby this weekend or baby shower this weekend and I don't know what to get her. Mm-hmm. I can help you with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think yeah, I think that's awesome because it's also always nice to have like a boss that can relate. I mean, we all have our own experiences, but can relate maybe more to the experience, to the lived experiences. Um, and so I feel like that, I feel like that is probably super useful just like as an employee. Um, so I, you've kind of mentioned you've got a lot of people coming in from college now. Um, so I I want to know, do you have any, because you are a fellow University of Arkansas alumni, and remind me again what your degree is, marketing, right? It was it was journalism, but it was at the art. Okay, nice. Um, and so if you, do you have any advice, like particularly for female students, but really for any, any students um, entering into the workforce? Um, be confident. Don't burn bridges, because like I said, like that is... One thing, and I, luckily I have not burned any bridges, but it's crazy how small Arkansas is. Mm. So if you, you know, whether it's Little Rock or Northwest Arkansas, um, if you're going to stay, I mean, don't ever burn a bridge, mm-hmm. but Arkansas is small. This industry is very small. Mm. Um, I, there's, well, there's multiple people at our station that are from other markets, and then I also... There's people from, actually, there's a guy up here that I worked with in Little Rock. Oh, cool. So it's a very, yeah, it's a very small industry. Um, so I would say confidence. Be confident. Find what you want to do. Like, don't settle. I mean, right out of college, if you have to settle for the first couple of years, don't get stuck mm-hmm. is the main thing. And don't be complacent. You know, don't get comfortable. When you get comfortable... I feel like that's when, you know, you just, you're comfortable in what you do. You know what you're doing. You've always got to be putting yourself, making yourself uncomfortable. That's Mm -hmm. how you grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's really hard because you get in a position to where you're like, oh, I know what I'm doing. I'm making budget. I know how to do this. But you really, at the end of the day, if you're you're not pushing yourself outside of your comfort zone, then you're Mm -hmm. not growing very much. I like that. Push yourself to become uncomfortable, which is something. Yes, make yourself uncomfortable. Which is something that I need to do because I'm someone that uh, likes to be very, um, very comfortable. So, uh, but, yes. but I think, yeah, I think that's great advice really for any, anyone entering the workforce, not just for women, but maybe even for women in particular to kind of, to, to have confidence. Um, and maybe if you if you don't have confidence to fake it until you do have that confidence. You talked about your kind of because you talked about the two skills as um, being communication and transparent. Um, is there anything else that you could add to um, how communication skills are valued in your work? And kind of if you had any tips for students concerning what communication skills they should develop to be marketable. Um, Since we're based in the Walton Business Communication Lab, I'd love to know that. Yes. Um, So I've got our, like, Hearst leadership values, and I'm going to read them out because they're, like, they're very good overall. Um, And it, 
set the highest standards of integrity, character, honesty, and fairness, articulate a clear vision of what is to be accomplished, communicate effectively, help others succeed, respect and trust your colleagues, value different skills, talent, and ideas, recognize good performances, be customer focused, be passionate and take pride in what you do, and then my favorite, have fun and win. Um, but as far as communication goes, I just think, so if you have good communication, you're going to be transparent. Mm -hmm. Transparency leads to trust. Your people have to trust you. If you don't have trust, and I've had a leader who was not very trustworthy, it is, it's, it's energy, you know, it's, it catches on. And then before you know it, the whole team is, they're not happy. They're, they're not performing because they're not happy. And so I just think it's okay if you're having a bad day, like let your, let your boss know, let your, let your manager know, um, let your colleagues know. I mean, there are days that I walk in and I'm just like, Hey, I just need some time, you know, mm -hmm. um, everybody's human, you know, we're not robots. And so I think if you can just be open and honest with people, um, and yeah, communication, I would say is the main, if you can communicate effectively, I feel like not only in your job and your personal life too. I mean, that's a huge huge thing um so yeah yeah I think even like as you're reading those um as you're reading those points I you're reading them and you would read the line and I'd be like that's communication that's communication yes. so it seems like it seems like whether like directly or indirectly kind of communication is is the key to being successful um in definitely most industries um it Okay, so I've so appreciated having you. I do want to before I uh, before we turn off the recorder. Um, is there anything else that you wanted to add for our listeners? I mean, I think as a woman, I think just find something that that you're passionate about and go for it. I mean, there's you know there should be nothing holding you back. There's nothing that we can't do just because you know we're women. And I think. Um, especially nowadays, just hard work, good communication, and just be happy. Life's too short. And so I just, I just, I feel like that's a very important thing too. Just smile, you know, um, it's contagious. So yeah, I just find a good company and give it your all. I love that. I think that's a perfect way to end is, is be happy. And a part of being happy is finding a job that you're passionate about and um, finding a company that you're passionate about too. So, uh, well, thank you. I've enjoyed talking to you. I feel like I got like a lot of um, sayings in my head, like make yourself uncomfortable, um, have fun and win, like all of that I want to put on a t-shirt. Yes. Um, so I really appreciate it. Oh, okay. Good. I'm
I'm glad that you told the millennial and the room yeah. what's break. Is that something people are saying? Now, I guess. Break. Okay, I thought you just stumbled over your words and I wasn't going <laughs> to on it. That's okay. Hey, you wouldn't have known if it was just me, like, being that's a woman. That's what I'm saying. Right, yeah, that's <laughs> Just woman things. Just woman things. Also, we're notorious for mis- mispronouncing things. Oh. So I thought it was another, like, cicada. 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 That's what I thought or it was. Cicada, apparently, mm-hmm. is what it is. But, wait, can we just, I'm sorry, I just want to put this in here. I know that I have spoken on this before, but on the subject of us mispronouncing things, let let me just say that mispronouncing things is actually a really good thing because it means that you read and you've seen mm-hmm. the word before and you're from you're familiar with it, but maybe haven't used it in conversation. Yeah. So yeah, also the drop en- the stigma. <laughs> drop the stigma. Also, the English language is a Strange. really difficult language, and the rules are really weird and all that kind of stuff. So mm-hmm. you know, one word you can pronounce one way, and then if we caught the English yeah. major slipping for one time, yeah, story then... of my life. I mean, hey, I. Grammarly is a great thing for many reasons, um, and that's one of them. And now chat GPT, but... Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, not to get too political there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I really enjoyed listening to... um, I know Gracie interviewed Morgan, who was the last interviewer, but um, I really enjoyed talking to Lindsay and talking to Sydney because... They kind of seemed like two sides of the same coin. Mm-hmm. Lindsay was a little bit more developed in her career, mm-hmm. and she was able to speak from the perspective of having been outside of the university and working there and then bringing community and, and um, a sense of comfort, finding that sense mm-hmm. of comfort here at the university when um, she actually was one of the people that founded mm-hmm. Women of Walton. Mm-hmm. And Sydney was also really interesting to talk to because she's just so accomplished at such a young age. Not to sound like self-deprecating for you, like I know we always use self-deprecating humor. Mm-hmm. That's just who we are. Mm-hmm. But she really is, um, she really does slay. Yeah, I think too it's also important to know what's on campus and what resources. And Women of Walton is, you know, a faculty and, um, like employee thing, but there are so many other organizations besides future women business leaders. Like we didn't even interview all of them. So like right. women, what are wise stands for women in supply chain excellence, I believe. Women in supply chain, and then there's excellence. a fi- women in finance. Mm-hmm. Um, but we specifically talked to FWBLA, future yeah. women business leaders, FWBL. Sorry. No, I don't know where the A came from. Maybe, um, wasn't Future Business Leaders of America? I think oh, I guess so. Crossover. <laughs> it's all coming back. Um, but yeah, I, there are so many organizations on campus and talking about a support network, like there are things that are, that are built on campus. And even if, you know, even if, you know, those organizations maybe aren't your thing or you'd like to branch out or you're looking for something that there is not an existing RSO. Like creating your own RSO is actually a really easy thing to do. Um, and so I think it was really cool to find out what's on campus already, um, what people can be using, and then to listen to Morgan talk about like what that looks like in the real world. Not that this is not the real world, but. Right, and I think people, I'm glad that we have organizations that are not just, of course, future women business leaders is more, um, 
I don't want to say inclusive, but it captures maybe a wider net than like women in finance or women mm-hmm. in supply chain excellence. But I do like that there's those organizations too, because I think that even having so many people on campus, while you have so many resources, it can feel really mm-hmm. overwhelming and you don't know where to start. So starting somewhere where um, your niche interests are kind of involved is a really easy mm-hmm. way for you to feel more comfortable reaching mm-hmm. out and expanding your horizons. So I like that too. Yeah, and also I feel like that's important because everyone has different lived experiences, right? Yeah. So my lived experience is different than yours, is different than lots of people um, with kind of the privilege that I have because of a lot of reasons. And Morgan talked about that too with hers. Them, they have, um, when she talked about, they have different like groups nationally. So they have a group for working moms. They have a group for like women. They have a group for all of this kind of stuff. So I do think, yeah, finding people with similar lived experiences is really important. But then also branching out and seeing like, hey, you know, what else can I learn from people that maybe don't have the same um, life as I do? And one thing that stood out to me was that each of them noted that you need to not be afraid of asking people for help because people love helping other people. We could get into the psychology of that and Mm -hmm. why it is the way that it is, but people just love helping people. So when people talk about cold call emails and all Mm -hmm. the opportunities that arise from just putting yourself out there, being the one person that stepped forward, I think it's so awesome. And I definitely could learn a little bit more about that myself as well. And being confident. Yeah. Like not doubting yourself. And I think that's applicable to everyone, not just women. Um, I like that we had a little bit of a conversation about imposter syndrome and just kind of faking it until you make it. Because, yes, everyone experiences imposter syndrome, but it almost feels like in the workplace as a woman or someone who's not like a white male Mm -hmm. in the industry Mm -hmm. that you feel like you need to prove yourself more. Yeah, You have to work three times as hard to get the same recognition as maybe someone who is also on the same um, level as you. Yeah, but also, I mean, even being a teacher and being a woman, um, I think you can, there's also some sort of power differential that goes on there Mm -hmm. than with your male colleagues. Um, And so I think it happens in a bunch of spaces, and I think we learned that from the interviews with so many different, like, people Um, is that it happens in those spaces, but preparing for that um, through having a network, but also being confident in yourself and faking it if you have to um, is important. Well, with that, we're so excited for you to keep on with us. We have one or two more episodes of the season. So if you like what you heard, please follow, like, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And I'd also like to... um, Shout out our Instagram, which is Walton underscore BCL. As well as our team, we have Gracie, my co-host. We have Cole, our editor. Anhala. Anhala, who is also a co-editor. And we have our social media team, which is Jackson and Joaquin, who runs the Instagram. And honestly, everyone at the BCL has a big part in this. So we're just grateful to be here. So stay tuned for casual conversations about professional things.